Hey sisters, Christy here from Book Club Sisterhood. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. This is where we share our weekly book discussions with you so you can listen while multitasking or enjoying your favorite drink and reading along with us. I hope you enjoy this discussion. Let's grow. Hey sisters, my name is Christy, co-founding sister of Book Club Sisterhood. In March this month, we are reading Faith, Farming, and Family by Caitlin Henderson. Um, love her. I keep saying that, but it's true. I love her. She's very transparent, open. Um, she's very much like, she's not one of those that just has the Instagram reel of all the highlights of her life and all the great things. Um, she talks about hard stuff. And in this book, she talks about a time um, in these chapters today about when she, um, you know, kind of felt led to share something and how it blessed her. Um, we're going to chat about chapters five through eight tonight. So um, the first one got a little uh, personal. <laughs> um, she said last week on Instagram, I watched her stories and she, um, she was talking about how a small group in her local church, which her whole city is like not very big. I don't know exactly how many, I don't want to lie. So it's not a very big town. Their church is reading her book. She's like, they're going to read chapter five. Like when I talk about getting down on the farm, she's like, Ooh, when I wrote this book, I wasn't thinking about that. So clearly a small oversight on her account, but, um, chapter five is called getting down on the farm learning to take a marriage from barely surviving to thriving. So she talks about her entire relationship with her husband from the time they met. Um, they got married, had a baby and started fighting. They started fighting before the baby and all that. But anyway, she just, you know, those were specific things that she talks about. Um, she was raised in church, but her husband wasn't. Um, and she had kind of strayed away in college, but she found her way back to God. And then she said that she really struggled with her husband because he didn't, you know, he wasn't a part of the church and he didn't want to go with her to church. And she kept trying to control the situation, um, common theme through the book. Um, and I don't know, every chapter I read, I'm like, she's me, she's me. <laughs> like all these things. I'm like, that's me. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Um, I know she's gotten a tons and millions of messages about her book and how much it's blessed people, but I mean, she's basically writing my life story right now, I feel like. So it's interesting. I feel a kinship with her. Um, so she struggles with her husband not joining the church with her. Um, and then, you know, of course that old familiar struggle of trying to control the situation begins. Um, she finds this passage in first Peter three, one and two, which she puts in the book on page 61. So first Peter three, one and two says wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them, yeah, do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Um, same thing happened to me and I'll share in a minute. On page 62 at the top, she says, it was my job to take responsibility for being the wife God wanted me to be, even if my husband wasn't who I thought he should be. And that sentence just resonated so much with me 
It's exactly what God imprinted on my heart. And I didn't specifically find that passage in first Peter, but that's what I started doing. I started showing him God's love instead of telling him about it and telling him how much he needed church and how much he needed my husband is I'm referring to. I assume that was kind of given, but, um, you know, my family and I, we were all going to church every single week. We were involved in the church. We were serving and he didn't want to go. This was a couple years ago. Um, and I tried everything. I was like, but you need it, but it's fun, but it's, we're doing this this week and you might enjoy talking to this person. Um, and none of that mattered because he needed to see my actions. And that's ultimately, he did tell me, he was like, you know, I just saw how happy you were and how much God was changing you. And, you know, kind of wanted a piece of that. Um, so that's what started turning him around to seeing me faithfully go to church and faithfully do what God had asked me to do and God blessing me and our family in turn. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of where he started to turn the table, um, and start wanting to come to church. So it just like, she was like, I was trying to fix Johnny, my husband, but until I let go, God couldn't do the work that he needed to do both in me and in him, because there was a lot of work for me to still do. And I was, you know, trying to get the log out of his eye while I have, or trying to get the fleck out of his eye while I have a log in mine. Right. Um, that's an example that Jesus gives. I had to take care of me and be an example for him, just like we're all called to do. And, you know, we need to be God's light in the world and stop worrying so much about fixing it and just show God to people. Um, so he fixed both of us in that time period. I certainly was not all set <laughs> on page 66 and 67. She recalls when her husband got baptized. And I remember when Gianni got baptized after his heart surgery, he's actually been baptized twice, but the second time was kind of rededicating his life because he fully started to realize what it was about to be obedient to God and follow him. Excuse me. Um, and I, I know that I just, I cried and I rejoiced for a new start for him and for us and for our family. Um, I like what she says on page 67 in the middle. She says, we became intentional with our daily actions and we made our relationship a top priority. Um, making, so my parents got divorced and I very much don't want to get divorced, if that makes sense. Um, obviously not that they wanted to get divorced anyway, I'm making a mess of this, but what I mean is that I want to be intentional with my husband. We're not always great at it, but we try. I like to go on date nights where we can just, he and I spend time together without any interruptions. Um, you know, our lives are pretty full. Like the boys are in school in classes and they have school and they have, you know, different things. And we just have a lot trying to pull our attention in other directions. And sometimes we just have to sit down without any other distractions and be just me and him and concentrate on our relationship. Because I want to know my husband when the kids are out of, out of the house, when we're sitting, being bored in the evening, just making dinner 
for a couple people because you know we have a house full of people <laughs> right now you know I want to know my husband when it gets to that time in a lot of years from now when it's just me and him because if we don't have anything to talk about that's not a relationship we have to keep building our relationship and kids and distractions and everything gets in the way of that but I I want to be very intentional about spending time with he and I together and again we're not always great at it but we are trying um we, we try to even pick out like 15 minutes sometimes and just try to look at each other and actually have a conversation put our phones away and put everything to the side and you know talk to each other so we're working on that on page 70 she says it's putting in the effort because it's what god calls us to do so she's talking about marriage you know that's if, if God placed you in a marriage, then we need to take care of it. That's something that, you know, he doesn't call everyone to be married and to have kids. That's not everyone. You know, some people are better used for the kingdom to be single. And that's marriage is a gift that God gives us to nurture and take care of. So we definitely don't want to, you know, um, neglect it. Johnny and I aren't always on the same page and we don't see things the same, which that would be a super boring relationship if we saw everything the same, but I know that God placed him in my life exactly when he was supposed to be there. Exactly. You know, we are exactly each other's pair. And I, I have seen that on multiple occasions. I'm just like, wow, God, thank you for placing him right there. And there's no other man that I want to be by my side. He is my partner and we are both works in progress as all of us are right um in a relationship or not we're still all works in progress all right chapter six is called will the rain ever come learning to lead with faith um in this chapter she talks about faith obviously she tells about a year when um they had a drought and the crop prices were very low and so their family this was the year the year after her husband got baptized, um, they stood in the middle of the field together and they prayed over the crops. So they stood in the middle of their wheat field and they prayed over their crops. And this was coming from a man who would never pray in public. Um, and now he, I mean, she's mentioned several times where he's prayed for her, prayed for his family and things like that. So that's a really awesome change. Um, but giving the outcome of what's going on in your life over to God, even if it mean if it meant for her to give up the farm, that was a true test of faith because at the end of his prayer, he said, whatever your will is God, then let it be done. Like he was fully surrendering everything over to God. And that's what we have to do because we can't carry the load of worry about all the things in life, especially those things that we can't control. On page 77 in the middle, she says, we have to continually live out our faith every day. We have to put it into action in every circumstance we face. So knowing the worst possible outcome and still handing it over to God. And like her husband said, your will, God, that's faith. And I've been trying to pray that lately, like your will, not my will, because Jesus, right before he died on the cross, which we're getting ready to celebrate for Easter, 
um, right before he died on the cross, he said, God, please take this from me. I don't want to go through all this pain and grief and suffering, but your will be done. If this is how it has to go, then that's how it has to go. And that's what God is asking us to do is to give up control of whatever it is that's going on in your life right now. Give that to him and let him manage it because he's the one that sees the big picture and sees what's truly going on in our lives and knows what's best for us because it may not look like the thing that we're dealing with is what we need right now, but there's been several times in my life where I've had struggles and trials and I can look back and say, oh, I had to do that so that I could understand this, you know, two years later, you know, that wouldn't have worked then. I had to walk through that hard time so that then I can go and do this later. Like, okay, God, I see that now, but he can see into the future. We can only see what already happened in the past and what's happening now. So it's important that we let it be his will because we don't know what's coming, but he does. Um, And she talks about Philippians 4.13, which is a well-known verse. Um, But this is Paul speaking here. And Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Um, She talks about Philippians 4.12, which is Paul saying, you know, I've had plenty and I've had nothing. And still, you know, I still give it to God because I can do everything through Christ, because he gives me strength, whether I have plenty or if I have nothing. Um, he still leaned on God and was content because he had all he needed on page 78. She says, because I had Jesus, I could be perfectly content and choose to have joy in the face of trials. So instead of, she talks about all the what ifs in life. Well, what if this happened? What if that happened? Well, you can't control what's going to happen in the future. I mean, to some extent, you can take certain steps and you know that that leads to certain things, but you can't predict the future. So saying what if is just you worrying about all the things you can't control. Instead, we need to be saying even if, because God is still with us, no matter what, he will never leave you or forsake you. That's Hebrews 13, 5. Even if the rains don't come, even if our crops get flooded because of too much rain, you know, that's something you can't control. You can't control the amount of rain that falls out of the sky or the number of inches of snow that we better not get in the next couple of weeks. Cause I'm going to be upset. <laughs> don't even go there. It's March people. We are done with the snow. Um, in Jesus name. <laughs> um, But even if there's a song by Mercy Me, it's called Even If, and he says, I don't remember the lyrics, but essentially, you know, if the ground falls out beneath you, God's still right there. Um, And then part of being content is having joy. On page 80, it says joy is cultivated inside our hearts, rooted down deep by the hope we have in Christ. It's rooted in hope, not our circumstances. Circumstances change, but hope and joy are rooted in God. Hope runs much deeper than 
you know, who said something mean to us or didn't answer our text or, you know, you know, we got sick this weekend. So, oh my gosh, where was God? Well, he was right there. And I could still feel joy and hope for the future because I knew that he was with me and I understood that this circumstance was going to come and go and it was going to be okay. Um, and that God would be with us through the whole thing. We weren't like ridiculously sick. No one went to the hospital. It's just when you're, when you're down and out like that, and you're just like, I would just want to lay in bed all day. Cause I'm, I'm just sick. Um, Shelly understands <laughs> <don't> know. <laughs> those migraines. You're like, Oh, um, but just knowing that he's there and he's going to get you through on page 80, she quotes Romans 15, 13. And it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy spirit, this peace beyond understanding. So no matter what your circumstance, that's what God wants for all of us. And I've talked here before about when my husband had open heart surgery and we just had this overwhelming peace and it, it really is, it's beyond understanding. It's hard to, to communicate to you because it's just so unreal. Um, and God wants that for each of us. He wants the hope and joy and peace to wash over us in every circumstance, good and bad. Um, so, all right. Chapter seven is called giving God my children. Motherhood is definitely the greatest and most challenging gift that women can ever be handed, even more than marriage, even though it feels like you're raising your husband sometimes. Um, <laughs> being a mom is just whole other level. All of a sudden, we're now responsible for this whole other life. Like my husband could take care of himself. Honestly, if I wasn't around when I'm not around, um, like if I'm at work all day, he's able to feed himself. He's able to clothe himself. He can shower. But when you have a child that's innocent and helpless, they can't do any of that for themselves. We're responsible for making sure that they're okay. That's a lot of pressure, right? And we take that all on our shoulders because what else are we going to do? We're women. Um, you know, she talks about carrying the burden of worry when you have children. Um, I know I've tried to carry that burden all by myself. Um, I imagine most moms have a big feeling of overwhelm, especially when your newborn baby won't go to sleep and it's three in the morning and you're exhausted because you haven't slept in three days, um, or showered or whatever, barely eaten probably. Um, anyone that's had a baby knows, knows what I'm talking about. Um, it's, it's overwhelming and it's a lot to worry about. Um, on page 90, she says, we have the freedom in Christ to choose to entrust those precious gifts to the one who made them and loves them even more than we do. So just like God is our creator, he's our children's creator as well. Jesus made room on his lap and in his presence for children. Episode three of the first season of The Chosen, if you haven't seen it, please download the app, The Chosen, go watch it. It's amazing. Season one, episode three shows Jesus teaching children. He spends all this time with them and they recite the things that they've been taught to recite from the Bible. Um, 
And it's just beautiful to see Jesus interacting with children. Um, Jesus tells his children, um, sorry, Jesus tells his disciples, which are kind of like his children, um, in Matthew 19, 14, he says, but Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. So of course he loves our children. Surrendering my kids to God is something I had to do. And I'm thankful that I did because it just takes a huge burden off of me. <clears throat> I'm not saying I'm perfect at letting go because I mean, let's be honest, I'm human. Um, and I'm terrible at giving up control. Um, but I'm trying, I think my biggest fear used to be losing my kids, um, about one of them or both of them passing away. I've had some clarity on this, uh, a pastor in my church, a few times, he kind of just said it in passing just to me. I, I don't know if he said it to the whole, I, I don't know. Um, but he has just said it in conversation with me a couple times. He said, even if I lose a child, God is still good. And he's right, but that doesn't mean it won't hurt. Um, I've given that fear over to God because, I mean, I look at them and I pray over them and I love them and I don't want to see a day where they're not here with me, but I know that God's still good. No matter what that pastor in my church was right. If that ever does happen, God forbid, um, I guess I forbid is what I mean. <laughs> I don't want it to happen. But again, God sees the big picture. He knows the future. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows what's going to happen and what we need here on earth. I no longer fear losing my kids. At least I don't think I fear that. I don't want it, obviously. But I know they'll be in heaven waiting for me. And... I know that I'll be okay because God's going to be with me no matter what happens. Um, I've, I've come to the, I've had to come to the realization that I may lose my husband a couple times. I mean, him having open heart surgery, that's a big deal, but the peace that I had in my heart about it and knowing that even if things don't go the way we planned, God's still going to be there with me and he's going to provide for me and it's going to be okay. Knowing that and having him be there with me is everything. On page 92, she says, let's show them mothers. So let's show our kids. Let's show them mothers who turn to God in the face of fear. Let's trust the one who formed those babies in our wombs, in our wombs and reclaim our motherhood. So whatever. I don't, I don't feel like I struggle with a lot of fear, but reading this, I'm realizing that, you know, I, I used to have a huge fear of losing my kids. And I really feel a change in my heart after I've processed that. And God's spoken things into my life. I know it's going to be okay. Um, my aunt lost her son at eight years old. Um, and I can't imagine the pain that that caused her, but it's okay. All right. Chapter eight, before I start crying, because I came close a couple times. All right. I was like crying while I was writing my notes on this chapter. It was, maybe I got it all out of my system. I don't know. Um, chapter eight is called I'm broken too. 
which hello of course we all know that i'm broken <laughs> but we're all broken all right learning to heal through vulnerability she talks about god calling her to be vulnerable um she has a large following on social media and god asked her to share deep personal things in front of everyone you know on her stories on her feed um I know she writes a blog and she does speaking engagements, you know, saying these deep personal things in front of people. I can't, I can't imagine, you know, I don't have a huge following. So me saying something on here, maybe a little personal, you know, but she, I mean, she's speaking to like millions of people all in one, one quick story. Anyway. Um, I think that's one of the things I like most about her is that she's real she doesn't, you know, in her head, like in the book, she's like, I didn't want to share that. I had no intentions of sharing that, but God's like, um, hello, <laughs> are you going to be obedient to me? Um, will you still be obedient even though you don't want to share this? Um, her feet is very much not a highlight reel. It is R E A L not R E E L it's real as in, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> okay page 99 she says we can't outrun trials but god has given us the beautiful gift of being able to heal and find community through vulnerability with others if we open up to others about things that challenge us or hurt us we found out we find out that others are hurting too and that we're not alone that's what caitlin found is that when she was vulnerable she had tons of women responding to her saying that they felt like they were alone too but they have the same feelings that she does, which is why, I don't know, I think about that because I think about how much I want to reach out and be like, we're twins. Like, I can't believe you've done all the same. Like, I don't live on a farm, but the overarching story of our lives is trying to control things, realizing that we can't and trying to fix our husbands. I think we're basically twins, right? Caitlin, you know, shout out, <laughs> call me. Um, I think we have a lot to talk about. Um, but you know, we all struggle and we all have a hard time sometimes. And sometimes it's very crushing to feel like you're alone. Um, but that's what the devil wants. The devil wants to get into your head and he wants you to feel alone because then he can start telling you more and more and more lies. But when you come together with other women that are in the same position as you, and you realize that like, hold up, I'm not by myself. This is not okay. It's not normal what's happening to me. And you have someone to talk to that knows what you're going through. That is so powerful. Um, when we started the Facebook group with book club sisterhood, like that's what we, we wanted was a clean, safe place for people to come and be like, you know what? I'm, I'm having a hard day. I'm depressed today. I've got things running through my head that I don't even understand like whatever it is, shout it out in the Facebook group. <coughs> if you're listening to the podcast right now, the Facebook group is down in the description. Click on that link and come join us in the group. If you're not already there, if you're in the Facebook group, watching this video right now, go up to the top of the group and post, say something that's on your heart right now. And just be like, you know what? I feel alone because this is happening in my life and I don't know if anybody else understands it. I bet you there's somebody in here that's going to understand you. In the very least, they're going to pray for you, which is not the least they can do, by the way. Praying for you and lifting you up is 
the most that anybody can do. Because when two or more are gathered, there is God and God's going to come around you and you're going to feel his presence. If nobody else, if nobody else knows what you're going through, God is with you. You are never alone. So please, if you feel like you are alone in whatever situation you're in, please come to the Facebook group or find a safe place, find a friend, message Caitlin Henderson, (laughs) message me. I don't care. Whatever it is, reach out and please understand that there are other people that want to come around you and be with you and love on you. Um, Even if that means you have to spill your guts to a complete stranger, that's okay. They're a complete stranger, right? Even if they judge you, (laughs) you may never see them again. So it's okay. Um, And then on page 100, She says, being vulnerable puts God's glory on display and it starts a chain reaction of hearts being moved. So she talks about putting a post out on Facebook and being very vulnerable. And she started getting messages from women who had similar feelings. Not only did her vulnerability help them, it also helped her as well, because in this place where she was feeling very alone, her husband was in another place doing work for their family to keep their farm going because they were short on money and couldn't pay their bills. He was out helping another farmer with their things and she's all alone raising these three babies. And she was very lonely and having all those women come back to her and say, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm there too. You know, she no longer felt alone. So it came full circle and she was able to see like, God, I know what you did there because Not only did these women see that they weren't alone, I now know that I'm not alone. So it just, God is so good. We don't know why, but if we are just obedient and lean into what he's asking us to do, he's going to reveal it to you. And you're going to be so excited and so immensely blessed because he wants to bless you. He needs to use you to further his kingdom. And when we do that, when we're obedient to him, he's so good. On page 103, she says, most of all, he reminded me that his power is made perfect in my weakness because we can't carry the burden, right? This immense burden that we can't carry on our own is not meant for us. When we're weak, he takes up the slack and he moves mountains, right? He does such amazing, wonderful things when we lay flat on the laundry room floor or her bedroom floor. I think it was her bedroom floor in chapter two, when she just laid out flat on the floor and was like, you know what? I'm done. Anything, God, anything, anything you ask me to do, I'm going to do. When we lay it all down and give it all to God and show in our weakness, he can rise up and say, all right, here's what I can do. Let's go. really good guys I'm, I'm really, really loving this book all right next week we are doing chapters nine through sorry we are doing we're reading chapters nine through 13 next for next week so not everyone's cup of tea <laughs> I, uh, yeah that's for next week guys um what prayer request do we have 
I want to pay for the Ukrainians. Huh? Ukrainians. 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 Okay. Yeah. So I want to make sure I understood you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And keep cheering her family in your prayer. Her father-in-law passed away. Okay. Mm. <sighs> so why something? Yeah. All right. Anything else? Pray for all the congestion to go away. So that yeah, hundred <laughs> percent back to normal. That would be great. Yeah, that would be good. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time we get to spend together. Thank you for the freedom to come together and be able to meet in your name, God. Thank you for Caitlin Henderson. Thank you for her stories and her wisdom, God. Thank you for giving that to her. And um, thank you for her obedience in writing this book because we know that she could have said no and it would not be blessing us like it is right now, God. Thank you so much for providing all that you do for us, God. Um, God, we just ask that you be with the Ukrainians in this situation overseas, Lord. We just, we ask that you can give them peace and protection and healing, God, as we know many are injured and um, many have lost family members, God, and they're all fleeing the country, Lord. I just pray that you can be with each and every one of them. Help them to feel your presence right now, God. Just be a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Just please be with Terry and her family as they just lost her father-in-law. Lord, I pray that they will also feel your peace and your guidance and your love, Lord. Just wash over them as they go through this really difficult time in their lives. Lord, I pray that you just remind us every day that it's your will that's the most important, God. In every situation, you know, this, this life is hard. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulation. And we know that we know that our life is not going to be perfect until we get to go to heaven. And Lord, I just pray that we feel your presence and we know that you are with us every single moment of every single day. Lord, I love you so much. And we thank you again for this time that we have together. It's in your name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the BCS podcast. If you would like to chat with us, please join our community on Facebook, Book Club Sisterhood. And you can find us on Instagram as Book Club Sisterhood as well. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week. Let's grow.